Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Nigobauer, coming to you live to air from sunny, a little chilly, but sunny suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It is Tuesday, March 20th, moving right along with our series on the four last things. We're talking about judgment today. Ooh, what, what might that mean? I like to, to bang my desk. Um, so we're talking about judgment, first of all, I'll go into this, but judgment about you know, judgment on the Jedi. So judgment in Star Wars, judgment on the Jedi, uh, judgment on the dark side, and a bit of a curveball here, judgment on the fans and fandom. And I'll get into all that. It's going to be interesting. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't worry. I'm not going to kind of burn up your hot seat there. Uh, but I, I do have some things to say. So, uh, going to that a little later. First, uh, just a bit of news how I'm Star Warsing. I went to Toronto Comic Con, as I said, it was there Friday and Sunday. Um, Friday was mostly just walking around, buying lots of Star Wars toys. Got a few more Black Series, especially the Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Uh, the the Qui Gon regular Black Series, Obi Wan, the Force Spirit. Force Ghost, Princess Leia, the white, you know, Princess Leia, Commander, uh, sorry, not Commander, uh, Commander Cody, uh, those banks, those nylon bank things, finally, I don't know what they're made of, plastic, you know what those are, and uh, Captain Rex Black Series, Let's see what else, oh, I got a bunch of stuff, I got, uh, got one of uh, Uncle Sheev as uh, from episode two, as uh, a little action figure, um, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Got some, did get some comics at Comic-Con. <laughs> uh, but it was fun spending time. Friday was mostly spending time with my mom and walking around and, and meeting and meeting people, meeting fans. Um, the Sunday I saw, Sunday after church I came down and uh, that was that was my Q&A day. So I went and see Jonas Suotamu, plays Chewbacca. Uh, the new Chewbacca <laughs> kind of succeeds. He succeeded Peter Mayhew. He hasn't taken over. Can't fill his shoes, but he succeeded him, and, and I would say done a pretty good job. Um, and, and Marina Sirtis from TNG's Deanna Troy from TNG. Both of them hilarious. I wasn't expecting for some reason. I wasn't expecting Jonas Swatama to be that funny, but he's a funny guy. I mean, English isn't his first language, but he, he has a degree in, from I believe from uh, in acting from. Penn State and where he played basketball went from uh, being a pro basketball player in Finland to a set of Star Wars The Force Awakens <laughs> and, and succeeding Peter Mayhew and um, you know he, he'll he he'll get more experience in this panel he wasn't necessarily the most eloquent but uh, he was one who was being funny and, and talking about fandom and that was good. Uh, Marina Sirtis, that's that's Star Trek. But she, she was a hoot. She was the opposite of Deanna Troy <laughs> in, in every way, uh, except for her appearance. Um, the, so that, that was fun. Uh, you know, it wouldn't, wasn't necessarily, wouldn't have been worth doing all three days because there was nothing really on Saturday I was that interested in except for, um, I think E.K. Johnston did a reading from her Ahsoka novel, Kate Johnston. Um, Southern Ontario, born and raised, 
I believe. Certainly the pride of Southern Ontario. Um, see, yeah, as part of, there was a nice little kid section there that was set up. And um, I think that's where she did her reading. I don't know. Um, but <clears throat> good interactions on Twitter. She, she's a <laughs> pretty good, good. If you want a good follow about her, her writing experiences and the ups and downs of, of that, uh, give, give Kate Johnston a follow. DK Johnston, I believe. So, so that was Comic Con. Uh, it was fun. Um, nothing's gonna match twenty Fan Expo twenty sixteen uh, in my books. It was that was everything from uh, who did I say I saw? Well, Alan Tudyk just before Rogue One came out. Uh, a few months before Rogue One came out. Uh, so this was the fall of September of twenty sixteen. Uh, Brent Spiner, um, there was that, that was the guy who the, the buddy Jesus <laughs> showed up twice. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it, that was just this, this high that just kept building and building. And, uh, I still keep the, the premium pass from that. Uh, but, uh, I also keep the premium pass from, 2017 because it's it got me in for free to comic-con on sunday attached i don't know if you've seen the photo i posted but <laughs> i use my uh general synod 2016 general synod observer lanyard thing to to uh to carry my badges uh when i need to <laughs> and i have them hanging up so i also have that that name tag that they made uh at general synod so that was fun um Comic Con, Con Life. It, it'll be nice. It would be nice to go. Uh, hoping one day, you know, if I can do the whole group con experience. I've never done that. Um, I always the only you know I either go to a one day thing or uh, if I'm going to Fan Expo or Comic Con, I'm just commuting from the suburbs here. So this whole thing of going with a group, staying in a hotel. Um, Seems like a fun thing to do. I'm not. I'm not. This isn't a sob, sob story. I'm just saying. Hey, I, I do a fun thing here. I like the freedom of, of going where I like to go and picking out my plan. But uh, it's also fun to. It's fun, it looks like a fun group experience too. So, if you want to go to con with me, <laughs> uh, no, nah, that's mostly a joke. Um, well, there was a, a For Christ's Sake Anakin news bit. This is kind of the first news. Can I make that sound effect? Um, the So there was a church in England. I think you may, I don't know if you've seen this, but the church in England that uh, had an artist come in to do these more challenging progressive installations. And one of them included a stormtrooper hung up on a, a cross, like a crucifix. And <laughs> I got maybe five or six people tweeting at me or emailing it to me. And, uh, and of course, because I guess I'm, I'm the go-to guy when it comes to church stuff. Anyway, uh, church and Star Wars, um, thanks, thanks to this podcast and my Facebook tweets and all that. Anyway, the... Um, <laughs> it, it, the, the rector put it up or, or had it up a lot of parishioners 
more traditional parishioners complained and uh, they moved it to the back and, and the director is still kind of unsure as to why that was a bad idea to put a, a stormtrooper on a crucifix like that. Um, the, the thing, so here's the thing is, here's my take is that I, I get the whole point of, of using art to challenge presuppositions, using art to challenge, uh, to, to raise questions, um, using you know, the way this had the potential to do kind of what I do on this podcast of, of break through these, this barrier between you know, Christian tradition and Star Wars fandom. Or, or Christian community and Star Wars fandom, Christian tradition, and the text that is Star Wars. Um, this didn't do that. <laughs> this was... <clears throat> and the re- the reason I, I have an issue with this is because it was an empty shock value gesture. And we do so much of that in our culture. I'll get to the whole thing of using art to challenge the the end. That's kind of what I mean by the judgment on the fandom. Um but shoot <laughs> it's it's uh you know i i mean i have a whole podcast episode about how vader himself is a crucifix in a way and um if you had done something like that with some sort of commentary i don't know it was an <clears throat> an empty attempt at, at shocking people and it just leaves people without any real understanding or content. It just says, oh, that's, that's just weird. And, and so you can see you know, that's why it's what not to do. It causes, you know, there, there are ways of tastefully relating. I, I hope I, I find a way of tastefully relating things to each other. Um, the, you know, the, I have a t-shirt about t-shirt that's, stained glass windows but it's luke and leigh and han <laughs> you know there there are ways of doing this that open up conversation open up uh, questions about about the church or about star wars or, or whatnot um so uh, <laughs> this doesn't do that speaking of which though um uh, for and this is a good segue into just a bit of a an housekeeping little bit next week um so in the so this is the third of our four part series Lenten series on the four last things <clears throat> next week is the last thing is death and it also happens to be holy week um and so what i thought i'd do is something a little different is I look back on my notes from that second episode and I'm going to do that and look back on my notes um, back when I use notes <laughs> and and see what I can continue, revise, expand. And I'm going to actually re-record and, and record a new edition of that for Holy Week uh, as we, as Christians, enter into Christ's suffering and crucifixion. Um, as a bit of a respite or reflection on the way the figure of Darth Vader does that. 
I know, again, the, the, <laughs> I, I keep saying this. It's the least obvious one, but the more I think about it, it's the most profound to me, at least. Um, and so, yeah, I'm gonna gonna bring that back. Um, so, so that's, that's the news and announcements. Uh, let's talk about judgment and judgment as four last things. Just gonna take a swig of my coffee here first. So. When we say judgment is one of the four last things, specifically what I believe that's referring to is the day of judgment. That everything is, the scripture says everything's rolled up like a scroll. That all is said and done, literally all. <laughs> At the end of the day, that phrase comes to a literal point where we're done. Well, the old heaven and the old earth are done, and the new heaven and the new earth are about to be, about to come. And well, old heaven and old earth are about to become new heaven and new earth. But in order to do that, we have to stop and look back and say, what happened here? Why did this go off the rails? Um, <clears throat> where was this good? Where was this a sign of? God's will and God's grace and our submission to it and our acceptance of it. <clears throat> Where was this a sign of or an example of us negating and turning against God and, and defying his will? And a lot of that is going to be oppression and slavery and uh, the rich claiming the rich and the powerful claiming further wealth and, and glory for themselves and salvation and self-sufficiency. Or, you know, I think a lot of, frankly, a lot of things in our day, the rich and the powerful claiming to be victims <laughs> of inverse racism, inverse sexism, and all that nonsense. Um, that's just my, my political take. <laughs> Tell us what you really think, Matthew. So judgment is, here's the thing, judgment is good news. Christians believe, we say in the creed, you shall come to be our judge. Or sorry, that's, the, that's in the Tadeum, but <clears throat> we believe, that we say that Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. So the Tadeum hymn version of that is, we believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. It's good news because it, it takes it out of the hands of these powerful elites who can who can bribe the judges and, and sway <laughs> courts to their decisions that happen all the time, even in societies that purport to be founded on the rule of law. Which laws get enforced and which don't? Well, at that then... All of it will get enforced. Um, and, yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, the people who created hell on earth and succumbed to hell on earth, or, or not succumbed, but allowed for it. And, like I said last week, what we see in Star Wars is, you know, we don't, again, we don't see a final last judgment. But what we do see are 
particular examples of uh, things coming under judgment by virtue of becoming no more <laughs> and letting something maybe and that they're responsible for letting something worse take its place and I think again of course of the Jedi in in the prequel trilogy that the last Jedi uh, com comes up, brings about and I'm gonna say two different things about this so the the main line main theme of the prequel trilogy is the Jedi are too in league with the Republic too in league with its politics and its military with the Senate's definition of peace and security um, no wonder the the there were ready the galaxy was ready for a definition of peace and security that looks like the Empire because <laughs> the Jedi had just uh, taken part in its war the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy had just taken part in this war some of it was for the sake of justice but some of it I mean you know, you know the Republic was very corrupt that you know, that's part of the point too that the uh, you know as much as there were democratic institutions, uh, rim worlds, mid rim worlds, uh, even probably even into the the expansion colony region worlds. They felt marginalized. They felt like they were resourcing the the wealth of the core world and never got didn't get things in return. Hence the separatists, and hence how the separatists are very much feeding feed into ultimately into the rebel alliance. The the Jedi, I mean, they're they're literally in their ivory tower on Coruscant. Um, they go at the request of the Chancellor. They go at the request of the Senate and and to broker these trade disputes. And, and there's nothing wrong with I'm not saying there's something wrong with them being mediators. It's and, and something wrong with nothing wrong with working with civil authorities here but the, the it, but it, in the end and this is my point it turned out to be the shroud of the dark side but the jedi in the prequel trilogy and i'll get to the implications of this in a minute when i'm talking about judgment on the dark side the jedi in the prequel trilogy were given into the dark side I mean, I don't, I don't think people, I hope people can see what I mean there in that uh, self-interest, greed, not necessarily passion, but apathy, right? Uh, you know, Anakin saying compassion, you know, the heart of the Jedi Code, uh, compassion requires some emotion. And so you can see even the Jedi Code itself in a way being succumb to this cold apathetic uh, you know basically taken up into just as as the <laughs> this is what the what did someone call the um the church of england in in the 18th 19th century department of the home office of the the domestic internal affairs of the of the the British government, Her Majesty's government, 
or his majesty's government, depending on who the king was. Um, and again, I understand historical circumstances, but what we see with the Jedi, what we see with, with churches in the West, so embedded in the politics of the, the nations, of, of the, the, the countries, the states they're in. We see ultimately a deadening of mysticism, a deadening of sensitivity to the will of the force. We see a deadening and therefore uh, a, just basically a dissipation of their purpose. And, and in the end, um, we see, at the, like I said, at the height of their powers, like Luke said, I'm Octo. At the height of their powers, at least at the height of their political power, they let Darth Sidious rise, form the Empire, and wipe them out. Um, that there's a clear judgment against the way in which the Jedi let themselves be taken in by the dark side. A clear way in which, in the same way, you know, secularism. There, there's a clear way in which judgment. There's a judgment on the way in which churches play politics today. That there's still this reputation that uh, Christians simply want to use political power. This is a reputation. Let me let me get this straight here. And no, this will segue into my second point. I said I'm going to take two things here. Reputation that. I mean, just yesterday here in, in Canada, there was the whole de there's a debate, and, and in some conservative evangelical circles, raising this question of uh, so for uh, well of, of the relationship, raising this question of are we safe to be Christians in Canada? Um, it, it's I think it's a silly question, but the where it comes from, for example, is. is the funding formula or this form that nonprofits have to submit to uh, to the federal government to receive funding for summer school grants and summer program internships and things like that. And one of the things they have to they have to say is the core goal of their organization is to not infringe on reproductive rights. Okay, I'm not going to get into the the abortion thing i'm not going to get into i personally don't quite know what to think except that um it seems silly to for the Trudeau government to antagonize people but um that's another thing but where it comes from is a reputation that christians are going to use the, this money to uh, to protest and, and take down uh, abortion clinics and and smash them and yell at women who are, are going to seek them and and actually that's kind of partly where it comes from is there the are stories of these nonprofits using these time and money to do these things whether or not that's true that's the sense in, in society right um jerry falwell and franklin graham and donald trump and all these supporters do not help one iota because i think they're actually succumbing to this full full throttle 
Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> cast a stone here, but, um, you know, I, I think I've said this before. It, it's the last gasp of a Christendom that isn't willing to, uh, will, well, that, that's lost its its political power and clout. And here's the biggest tragedy, and this is the second thing I want to say, is the biggest tragedy of the prequels that there were a heck of a lot... <laughs> this is thing we get gets missed here. There were a heck of a lot of Jedi who lived with integrity and courage and were genuinely seeking peace, genuinely troubled by the, the events of the Clone Wars. I mean, Yoda himself, I think most of all. It's probably maybe why, one of the reasons why he was able to escape is he could actually see it coming, but he realized he was too weak to stop it. Um, he was on Kashyyyk during Order 66 uh, because he was defending defending the Wookiees or helping defend the Wookiees from a Separatist invasion because he has good relations with the species, the species that would end up being uh, being enslaved by the Empire, as we famously know. Um, I look at Obi Wan Kenobi, and and I think, and there there are uh, there are different views. People say, oh, he was lying, twisting the truth, and bending. Again, I think he did his best in an impossible situation both with, with Anakin and then and then later with Luke, right? <laughs> I mean, got to be careful what a hotshot kid is going to do and, and go and go off to, especially if he told the truth about who his father was at first. He wasn't ready. So, um, you know, the whole thing about Jedi not having compassion, being cold, that's that was partly just a reputation. Um the reputation of you know, the reputation that had spread throughout the galaxy that they're dangerous. Um, just like there's a reputation that Christians in society are, are dangerous. <laughs> and frankly, and here's, here's the judgment uh, that, well, first of all, interesting enough here, this is the judgment uh this is the lesson, as Luke says. It's the, 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 to claim that a Jedi, the Jedi institution owns the light is the height of arrogance. But Luke says, this is the lesson. I, I recall a few weeks ago, I actually preached on this passage that John 3, this is the judgment that people hated darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The this is the lesson. This is the judgment. The judgment that Jedi used institutions of the Republic to hide the darkness of their deeds, to be these <laughs> uh, to come to the to the dark side, um, and, and as, as while claiming to be messengers of the light. Um, again, it's a reputation, and so the judgment. The, the, the consequences of the judgment for the Jedi and for the church are that our response can't be to punch back. 
can't be too, I, I just don't think claiming some sort of victimhood, you know, if you can present evidence here in the West, this is the, the in the Middle East, in Sub-Saharan Africa, I don't know, especially in the Middle East, it's, it's a whole other story. Copts in Egypt and Christians in Syria and in, under ISIS especially, that's a whole other story. That is oppression and persecution. And let's not make any any bones about that. But in for white Christians in North America, uh, we, we we have to engage. We have to. I mean, the point of being being you know positive, affirmative orthodoxy. I like that phrase. Um, you know, even even if Benedict XVI ended up seeming, or his followers ended up seeming a bit reactionary, he was always generous and gregarious too. Um, for Ray, her her mission becomes a mission of hope. Becomes the mission of hope. She carries that mantle as the next Jedi. If she's going to be the next Jedi, it's because she's going to be bringing hope to the galaxy or, or, and not just, not just through the resistance rebellion, whatever, but by genuinely submitting to the light side. So the judgment and the consequence. Okay. Coffee break. Submitting to the light side. And I've brought this up a lot because judgment, ultimately, we're talking about judgment against the dark side itself. Um, the reason the tragedy of, of the Jedi is, the, the tragedy of the Jedi is, uh, this is the judgment. People love darkness more better than light because their deeds were evil. They hid but judgment is coming for the darkness because the light shines in the darkness. This is John chapter one. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Um, and so the tragedy is the Jedi went with the thing that was going to be judged rather than submitting to the judge, the will of the force, the balance of the force. Okay, here, here I go. The balance of the force. Can we stop, please, stop thinking that the balance of the force means some equilibrium between light and dark? It is not. <laughs> yes, what we see in in the narrative is when light institutions, light people... Uh, get stronger, dark institutions get stronger, dark people get stronger. <laughs> we do see that. Snoke himself says the dark rises and the light to meet it. Uh, what's happening there? You know, in the in Lucino's Legends Darth Plagueis novel, uh, you have Plagueis and Sidious doing all these experiments. Boom, pop goes the birth of Anakin Skywalker. What's going on there? Is it simply a course correction to say, oh, you're veering off to one side, you're veering off to the other? 
it looks like that. And I think maybe in insofar as there was a Taoist influence, maybe a little bit. But it's not. <laughs> Ultimately, at the end of the day, here's the phrase, at the end of the day, the will of the force is the light side. The dark side is death and destruction and oppression and hatred and envy. Dave Filoni, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, Dave Filoni in his Q&A at the end of the Rebels panel said, the dark side is not the path you want to go on. So balance of the force, clearly, if because here's the thing, if we think balance of the force is an equilibrium between light and dark, and we have as much dark as we have light, it means sometimes we have to go for the dark, go for the dark. I think we think that going for the dark means putting yourself out there and caring for yourself and attending to your own feelings and needs and whatnot. That's not necessarily the dark side. <laughs> okay, guys. Dark side is when that becomes the absolute. When I'm only going to fight for me and mine and become embittered and envious and uh, so afraid. And this was Filoni's point. So afraid of the citizens of the galaxy standing up to me from the Emperor's point of view that I have to pour all my resources into building a moon-sized planet killer so they'll shut up. <laughs> um, so afraid that the FBI probe is going to find something that I have to call for Mueller's uh, firing. Like, I actually think that's what's happened. Is Mueller's on the cusp of finding something and Trump wants to know. To distract myself from Austin bombings of, of minority communities to go on a tweet storm about, about Democrats and gun rights and things like that. Um, we don't want to go there. <laughs> that's the, so balance of the force can't be an equilibrium. Because the dark side in itself will always collapse in on itself. Right? The arrogance of the emperor will always put himself in a position for Anakin to come back and throw him over the ledge. Okay. The arrogance of Snoke will always put himself in a position for Kylo Ren. And here's the whole point of the Sith. is It's this self-defeating thing where the apprentice always is going to be... <laughs> seeking to kill the master just like the jedi were responsible for succumbing in their very mission in, in the corruption of their very mission at least the corruption of their mission succumbing to the 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 politics of the republic the dark side itself itself in its very mission will succumb to its own destruction its own judgment against itself. Well, it'll it'll ultimately have to submit to the judgment of the will of the force. Because we see the light always prevailing in the end. Yes, <laughs> at the end of the prequel trilogy didn't exactly look that way. The end of The Last Jedi didn't exactly look that way. Um, but the spark of hope remained either way. That, that you just can't snuff out that light 
and we want that and we're right to want that right we the, the way we read these stories is uh, we want to be filled with hope that even our world can be better that even our efforts can uh, our efforts when we care for others and we seek a peaceful more just society that that'll actually come to fruition somehow that's i mean that's what star wars has always offered and this idea that uh balance is somehow well you got to be angry and bitter sometimes you've got to be and fearful sometimes uh, that that's not that doesn't bear out in our daily lives right why would you want to but here's the thing is uh, the question of what I said before of something put, you know putting yourself out there having your voice releasing a podcast <laughs> you know inviting people to come to conventions with me um, attending to our feelings and our needs and protecting our families sometimes that's not necessarily evil right again it's only when that becomes absolute if that but if you're putting yourself out there as part of the human family. What that could be is simply genuine vulnerability. Genuine expression of, I need your help. I need you. I need to be part of this bigger family. Um, and I'm not going to make you, but I'm asking you. That's very far from the dark side. That is exactly what the last Jedi says is light <laughs> and hope because when we submit to the will of the force, when we submit to God's will uh, by being open with our feelings and desires and saying, I need hope and I need help. That is opening us up to, to the good things happening for us. Right. I've always found in my own life when, if I really want something, often what happens is shortly after I let it go, or say if it happens, it happens, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, I find that it sometimes comes to me, right? Um, so vulnerability, there's a, an authentic, genuine way of being vulnerable with others that does seek your own needs and welfare invites people. That's not the dark side. That's the light. <laughs> okay. Last coffee break. And this gets me to my last point about judgment on the fandom. Because among the serious fans, among the serious, among the that you can measure at least the amount of time people invest in something, right? Among the fans who have invested more, more time and energy and effort into Star Wars, The Last Jedi was very divisive. Uh, there are people, I mean, I said, you know, I was open to being challenged, being, uh, having my, my white privilege 
challenged and seeing stories of women and people of color. Um, <clears throat> seeing the hero Luke Skywalker being grumpy and curmudgeonly. Seeing the resistance, the good guys, going whittled down. And, and Luke not actually standing in front of the First Order with a laser sword to actually take them out. All the people who expected that, who wanted that, they missed the point of the film. And they're so grumpy about it. They, miss, I think they... I mean, I want, I want to be careful. Because the, there is a way of saying I was disappointed in that. But to say... There, there's a segment of people who completely trash it and hate it. And, and, and say they're done with Star Wars. And, and frankly, I think there's room for them to excise themselves out of the fandom then. Because... If they wanted a story about a powerful white man <laughs> uh, saving the day, they did not get it. And so the judgment is then, uh, see, judgment isn't just sentencing. It also presents a fulcrum of choice. And then the sentence comes after. So the fulcrum of choice is, are you able to accept that this film <laughs> uh, tells a different story than the one you were expecting. Are you able to accept that it isn't about a white man or even even Poe, who's, who's Hispanic, but uh, Oscar Isaac's Hispanic, white-passing, very cocky, powerful man, uh, saving the day and solving everything by sitting in a, stepping into, jumping into a cockpit and blowing stuff up. Are you able to accept that this story is about a, a young woman finding her destiny in the galaxy? It's about a black man, an Asian woman, having their opening their eyes to the oppression and justice of the galaxy. On on, on even sides we thought were the good guys, right? Um, are we able to accept that? Stories about an experienced, accomplished woman in charge who rightly can't trust this hotshot, insubordinate uh, person under her command. And only at the last second when she realizes that's the way to do it, sacrifices her life in a blaze of glory. Are you able to accept that? That's a rich story and a good story, even if you don't like it. <laughs> now, it's easier for me. I get, I get that it's easier for me because I, I loved it. I love the story. I, again, it's, it's, it's a story I can listen to and, and probably read about over and over and watch over and over. Um, are you able to accept even that the pacing and the lack of time for mourning is a confrontation with the horror of war and why <laughs> why the dark side of taking up a sword and fighting uh, of that being the, uh, the the first response is actually horrific and submitted to judgment 
Are you able to accept that? If you are, then keep going. Stay on for the ride. You're, you're, you'll get a, a, a good, fun treat in Solo. I think we all will. Um, but if you can't, if you're done with Star Wars, if you were done in 1999 when uh, the prequels were not what you were expecting, if you're done, it's fine if you if you dislike them, but I'm not saying those who dislike them, but are, are going to stick with it. It's it's like again going back to the church. Are you able to accept that there are people <laughs> in your in your family? And I'm saying this again on both sides here, uh, of both sides of pro and against the last Jedi, right? In this case, at least, are you able to accept that there are people in this church family and in this fandom family? that live very different from you and experience the world very different from you. Therefore, encounter this common text different from you. Are you able to accept that we are still encountering a common text? If you are, let's keep going. If, if not, it's nice knowing you. <laughs> if you are, then let's keep going for the ride. So that's, that's, Judgment in Star Wars. I hope it was helpful and clear. <laughs> um, respectful. Um, if you loved it, if you hated it, if you think I'm crazy, uh, comment on NEUG485 on Twitter. Follow me and see all my, my convention photos on Instagram at MNEUG1138. And uh, hope you keep listening to this. It's been it's been fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. See you next week. And may the Force be with you always. <laughs>